Hello DFers, it's Alfie and welcome to the Draft Fantasy Podcast. What a wonderful show we have for you today. Sam will be joining me in the studio. Our secret journalist, Phil Dorks, will be calling in to discuss the upcoming game weeks and more importantly, where those player points are coming from. Extra, extra, read all about it. And of course, we have the world-renowned feature, Who Dat Man, Urger or Player. And not forgetting... We need to talk about Kevin, and we will. So enjoy the show. Roll the music. The draw hello, Manners. Hello, Manners. How are you? I'm, I'm fine, Alfie. Manners or, or Sam. People may be confused why I call you Sam sometimes, or Manners. Manners is the nickname. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Hey, we've got a great show today. Yeah? Yeah, no. Uh, yes. You, so you tell me. I'm still reading. So, okay, thing. fine. So since the last time we spoke, we had just done the draft. We hadn't kicked off yet. We've kicked off. We're two game weeks in. How's it going? Well, badly. Bad to dreadfully, frankly, for me. For me. Well, not for me, because um, last time I looked, I'm pretty sure I was top of the league. Um, yeah, well, that was after. Yes, you probably are. And I still am. Have you checked that you've got more points than anyone I've else? checked, yeah. I've checked. It's fine. So what's good is uh, we've had plenty of Premier League drama this week affecting loads of people's teams. Richarlison scoring again. United losing to Brighton. Pogba scoring a late penalty. Kennedy missing a late penalty. Wan-Bissaka getting sent off in tonight's game. Mo Salah getting a late assist, which was big because that affected Tris. He won by two points in the end. Yeah. Any yeah. drama? What was your best drama for the weekend? Well, you know what mine was. Kevin De Bruyne, like, blowing out his bloody knee and sending my entire squad into disarray, frankly. That's true. Well, we'll talk... Well, so, you know, we are going to talk well, about... Well, that wasn't this weekend. Uh, this weekend, just losing again for the second week on the So, trot. that's two losses on the trot, isn't it? Yeah. I think... The I, fir- I, think <laughs> <laughs> I think the first game week, uh, you scored only 26 points. How many games is it this week? It's better, but not much. I, I have to say, this week... This week it's going to be it's more galling because I'm only going to lose by a bit, and it felt like a lot. Clo- you know, had Ryder set up his bench slightly differently, had I got a little bit more lucky with what the hell um, Liverpool are doing with their lineup, um, then I would have been all right. I might, well, I might have squeaked through, but yeah, I just need to concentrate, mate. I've been away, I've been on a holiday, you know. All right, so Manners, Kevin De Bruyne, he got injured. He hurt his leggy-weggy. Unmitigated disaster, Alf. Unmitigated disaster. You, just to confirm, you are, or should we say were, at at time of this coming to press, you were the manager of Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, first uh, round Kevin pick, De second pick in our, uh, overall in our draft. So uh, Salah went first. I had second pick, went De Bruyne. But uh, anyway, so I was happy with my pick, even though I thought, okay, this isn't, Points right up front, but you know it's he he'll be fine over the course of the season. Don't doubt your first pick. You 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 picked right, um. But I completely forgot that he blew out his knee. Um, what was it last year or the year before last, whatever it was, and um, he's gone and bloody done it again. Yeah, once the knees start going. So um, at Wilfred Taylor tweeted in. Uh, he says, I took KDB uh, in the eighth pick in the first round. Eighth pick? Bloody hell. I know. What yeah. sort of draft's going on there? Lads, a fighter. 
and will be keen to come back as soon as he can. So I expect him to be back in action around October, hopefully. Optimistic or crazy? It's a, a dream. I, I like the optimism, Alf. The main vibe I'm getting from all the managers that own KDB is that they're sticking with him. There's a lot of moaning and a lot of um, sadness, shall we say. But let's get to the crux of the issue. You, you had KDB and you've sold him. Uh, yeah, I sold him today. He's gone. It went this morning. It was a little bit impulsive, but I start, you know, like basically ever since the injury happened, like pretty much, oh, I can't remember when Robson put in his offer, but it felt like immediately. But tell the listeners who you swapped him for. Fernandinho. But wait, so what happened was is that the first offer I got was Robson and he put Fernandinho for De Bruyne. And um, so he put that on the table. So I was like, and this is his first year playing the game. So I'm like, oh, I'm not sure what that, what kind of value that has on the market yet. Because A, we don't really know the extent of his injury. So I'm just going to sit on it. Sit on it primarily because I'm actually all for holding on to him. He's that good. And I was getting other chatter from other people saying, oh, you know, think twice about doing any rash de- deals. And I was kind of telling myself that as well. Plus, I was on holiday. So I, had, didn't, I didn't have a computer to sit down and start poking around at this stuff and seeing if it was available. Anyway, so... Uh, but then over the course of being back this weekend, I've been like looking at all the different offers from everybody and nothing looks good. In fact, they were getting increasingly worse. I think as more and more people thought, who can I sacrifice from my squad who's good enough to entice me to give up KDB, but also that I can sit with a hole in my squad for what's looking like a solid three months, possibly more. And I think people started to feel a bit like, well, I don't mind, but maybe I'll get something else. So I didn't get. I had like two offers for straight swaps, and then is the two two man deals started coming in, and people were being so kind to want to relieve me of Vardy in the process of taking KDB off my hands. So it's kind of like they were thinking, oh, I can carry him as long as I get something else. So then I started to realise that everyone else is thinking, mm, you know, actually. It's, it's a long time to sit with a hole because right now people are sat with holes in their teams anyway where mm. managers have simply it's stopped not, not playing people or it's whatever. It's not a good thing, is it? Yeah, people are thinking, well, I'm going to need to plug gaps anyway. I don't want to bring another gap into my squad. Although the flex uh, position this year has, has changed things a little bit. It has, but pretty much everyone's flexed already. Well, not everyone, but I feel like I'm looking at a lot of squads. I'm like, have they got that? Oh, yeah, they flexed already. So even if you flex and then you've got two holes with a player who's not playing or hasn't got any game time yet, and you're thinking, do I want to bring in somebody else who, sure, they're quality, but it's a a great big zero on the team sheet every week for the next three months. Robson, in fact, offered me something else subsequent to his original one that was bringing another player. I don't think he realised, because the first year playing the game, to cancel the Fernandinho one, which was just a straight swap. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? You know, maybe I should just take it. I don't know what else I'm going to get. Fernandinho, though, not famous for getting points, is he? No, and you're right. He's, he's a defensive midfielder. He's, you know, he's unlike... You know, it's a two-pointer a week, someone in the thread was saying today or whatever, but that's fine. I might dump him, and I'm not going to feel bad about that. Like, I got rid of a no-pointer, a guaranteed no-pointer for three months, and then when he comes back, he's got to be at full fitness and ready and raring to go and get into a team that's on a major rotation, and by then, people might be playing really well. So there's a, there's so many unknowables about KDB that he, just because he was my first rounder, I can't... I, that's not how I should look at it. Big, I, big call, mate, big call. 
Hey, I tell you what, guys. Tell us what you think about Manor's bit of business and what you're doing with the KDB. Maybe after this, maybe loads of people will start training them out. Tell us what you think at Draft Fantasy Pod. There you go. That was my bit of Twitter stuff. That's good, wasn't it? What we should do now, man, is I'm really interested in hearing what our secret journalist has to say. Yeah, bring on, bring on, Phil. It's a secret. Oh, sorry. Here's the secret journalist. The secret journalist. Shh, it's a bloody secret. Life, oh life, ooh life, (laughs) DF life. Hello, secret journalist Phil Dorks. Hello, hello Alfie, how are you doing? I'm all right. I mean, what's new? How's how's DF? Last time we spoke, we hadn't started the league. Now we've started. Two results in. How are you faring? Um, I'm faring a lot better now than I was about um, about three or four days ago. My first um, my first week was an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, uh, you um, you played the average team. And I lost. played the average team, and yeah, I got I got beaten by a faceless uh, <laughs> average team. That, that yeah, it was uh, a bit embarrassing. Basically, it was like you lot ganged up on me. And you all got massive scores and made my puny 30-odd or whatever it was look, look quite meagre and, and meek and pathetic. I mean, that's a bit embarrassing. But anyway, we can move on. Second week? But no, second week, I've, I've, put, I've put issue to the sword. So I'm, I've bounced back in spectacular fashion, winning with a massive 36 points. I've <laughs> uh, yeah, put issue so That'll learn him. That'll learn him. For, actually, to be fair, interestingly, I beat issue largely because... Within the space of what must have been milliseconds, I beat him to Milner on the on the way, or not on the waivers, on the free transfer. Oh right, yeah, good signing, yeah. But anyway, I beat him to it, and I beat him this week, so that'll do. So also good news for you is that your number one pick, Jesus or Jesus, Jesus, yeah, he played. He did. And he yeah. scored, didn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. My my first three picks, you know, Jesus. Um, Sterling and Walker. It was nice. Jesus played, and then the other two got dropped. So that was that was a nice. It's almost like Pep giving with one hand and then kicking me in the balls with his <laughs> uh, with a with a hidden shin. Yeah, no one really knows um, how Pep's going to choose each week by week, isn't it? It's causing a lot of people headaches. Thing is, I, I get it. Like in in a way, if we were all a bit smarter, and it's it's easy to do this in hindsight, but if we we're all a bit smarter, we could have probably second guessed that team that he was going to pick against Huddersfield because. There was no way that Huddersfield could do anything else but stick 10 men behind the ball. So there wasn't going to be any space behind their defence for their, like, your Sanes and your Sterlings to get in behind them. So you could have predicted that he was going to pick all these, like, little wizard midfielders, like these little ball players to play in front of him. So, in a way, we've all been a bit daft not predicting it. It'll be different this week because they've got a team, they're playing Wolves out there away, and Wolves are going to, because I don't think Wolves do anything other than, than come at teams. So I would. One prediction I can sort of make to you right off the bat now is I suspect maybe a Sterling and a Sane, or at least some of the players with pace, will come back into that Man City team. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, yeah, there's extra. This coming game week, Phil. Yeah. Uh, so give me, I want you to give me three results that you're confident will occur. All right. Well, I, I avoid that. Right? You obviously prepped me slightly on this, so I, but what I've done is I've avoided like the big teams. I've, I've avoided. I've, I've gone for ones that might be a little bit nip and tuck or here and there, and just give a sense that most of the most of us have got these kind of players from 
from the slightly smaller clubs, shall we say, that um, that you never really know how they're going to get on or what they're going to do in results. So I've picked teams that might potentially fit that criteria. Good. Uh, so I've gone with, to start with, Bournemouth and Everton. Classic. I'm, I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw between those two. So I think plenty of goals, but I think there won't be much to choose between them. Everton's still finding their feet. Bournemouth looking really good. Yeah, they're on good form, aren't they? I've got a couple of Bournemouth people in my spine. Well, I was talking to someone at work about it today, uh, not today, yesterday, and saying about Bournemouth. That, um, the one thing that they do, they, they've got a way of playing. They've got a system and a setup and a style of playing on Derry Howe, and he he doesn't, he hasn't, he hasn't messed about with it too much. They've, they've just found a bit of consistency, and they've, every summer they add maybe two or three young, uh, promising players. They've added that David Brooks to the team who started really well, and they've got Jefferson Lerma who's not played much yet, but he's a he's a decent player. And they just they just know the system and know how to play. And in contrast to that, you've got Everton who are starting to find out. I mean, they've played pretty well since Silver's gone there, but they're still sort of early days and still finding out what the best 11 is. But they've obviously got a lot of talent in their side. Uh, next fixture? Uh, I went Southampton-Leicester. I'm going to go for a Leicester 2-1 win at Southampton. The reason for that, I mean, after I was worrying about Brighton um, at one says I was thinking basically Huddersfield and Cardiff are probably likely to, to get relegated this season. I haven't seen anything from either of them in the first couple of games to suggest that they've got anything to offer. I, initially, I thought Brighton were going to be the team that might join them on the evidence of seeing the first game at Watford. And granted, I know it's really early days, you can't make too much judgment, but they just looked all over the shop. But now, after that game against Man United, mm-hmm. it's Southampton are the one that you might worry about a little bit. I don't think Hughes is... Mark Hughes is boss, Mr. Yeah. I don't like my strikers to score. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. I think that I think uh, they've obviously recruited well in getting Ings in, but I, I, and I think that the lad they got from Celtic, oh, I forget his name now. Is it Thompson? Anyway, they got a lad from Celtic who's a Armstrong. Armstrong, that's it. He was a decent player, but um, I just think that they, they lack a little bit in they lack in central midfield. Like Lamina and, and Romeo, Romeo Lamina's a talented player, but Romeo's gone off the ball a bit after having a decent season a couple of years ago. And in central defence, they haven't really found out what the best pairing is yet. Whereas Leicester, I think, bizarrely, for some reason, Puel was under pressure for Leicester. And God knows why, because I think he's doing a half-decent job. Um, but I think, they'll have, I think they'll have a little bit too much for Southampton. OK, final fixture. Uh, last one is Watford and Crystal Palace. Come on, Eagles! And I'm, uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Watford win. Ooh. Yeah, well, I'm really surprised. I thought Watford were going to struggle this season. Do you know what? Watford, when it comes to picking players, I don't know what other leagues, but in our league, no managers in our league were interested in picking Watford players, right? Yeah. And I, I thought they'd struggle this year because they haven't, they haven't necessarily picked up any like sort of big-name signings that you would look at and go, oh, they don't mean business. But And they lost Richarlison, obviously, as well. But they've started, they, they were, I saw the whole game against Brighton because I was doing the live text partly for that um at the, at the work and they were excellent absolutely excellent and from what I hear they were equally as good at Burnley um, this weekend just gone they just um, they, he's got them played like they, they press high um, they work hard they've got a, a, across the across the kind of midfield like particularly attacking midfield positions Pereira has started really well uh, Will Hughes is a good player and Deeney looks to have the bit between his teeth again which is good which brings us nicely on to your hidden gem player of the week. Hidden, 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 
obviously you don't want to give too much away because there's people in our league that are going to be listening to this, but you, yeah, you have yeah. to just take a step back and be the honourable man because there's other listeners out there. They, they want some tips, Phil. Who's your hidden gem? Well, do, do you want me to just give you... Because I can give you a, a, a few. Give us a few, then. Give us a few. It's and, and granted, I've, I've put... I'll, you talk about, like, giving tips to people. I mean, you see, I've already put my money where my mouth is because I've already done my free transfers. And <laughs> so don't you, don't you worry about me, mate. I know I'm, I'm ahead of the ball. Hidden gems, right? What I've gone for... Uh, I mean, David Brooks, I've mentioned him already uh, at Bournemouth. I picked him up. Um, this morning, because I, I've heard incredible, like very, very good stuff about him first two games. Uh, now he's only a young player, so having picked him up now, I'm pretty sure that, that Eddie Howe will put him on his bench. But um, he's apparently he's been really, really good um, first couple of games. Plays in an attacking position, having you know creating chances, having shots. I think he might be in with a shout of scoring some goals soon. The other one, now you need to talk about Watford and us completely overlooking Watford team and not being interested in them at all. The other one that, quite rightly, we've sort of overlooked is Cardiff. Nobody has paid any attention to Cardiff whatsoever. Um, but they're at Huddersfield this week, and it's a, probably a game that both of those will be looking at, thinking, you know, we've, someone's got, we've got to get a win out of this because we've got to pick points up against these kind of sides now. This is a Cardiff player who I was genuinely tempted to get this week, but didn't in the end because there are other players in my midfield that I don't want to pick. But it's a guy called Joe Rawls. Who has, who played, who was brilliant in the championship form last season. He's the one player that apparently Warnock said was undroppable for Cardiff. Takes their free kicks, takes their corners has created chances. in uh, Last week, I was looking at some Optus stats for last week, created four decent chances uh, for Cardiff, even though they drew nil-nil at Newcastle. So I think he potentially, in a game where the kind of whole aerial battle might play a part in it, you know, getting caught, getting goals from corners, getting goals from set pieces, he could be one to potentially look out for. Wow. There you go. Now that, that is a hot tip. The other one, this is, this is less under the radar, but two, just two I'll throw at you that are, you know, kind of people that no, nobody's going to not already know about these two players, but they're, essentially they're, they're the two of the kind of players, certainly in our league, that people pick for a couple of weeks and then bin off really, really quickly, but have created chances, particularly in the last week just gone, created plenty of chances for the team, look like the main, one of the main creative forces for their respective sides. James Ward-Prowse for Southampton, who did did pretty well. I mean, they lost to Everton, but he's you know he's a decent player. He creates chances. And, uh, the other one is John Joe Shelby for Newcastle, John Joe Shelby. who granted Newcastle didn't score, but he was he was useful against Cardiff, and and is, again he's another creative force. Might and he's be another a, set piece taker, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think him on Richie. Richie tends to be the one that takes a lot of them, but I think uh, Shelby certainly. The creative boss, and apparently has been going to see a psychologist in the summer, so he sorted his head out. Good stuff, great stuff. So, uh, Phil Dorks, secret journalist. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks well, so uh, much, mate. Uh, yeah, good luck this week. Who have you got in our league? Who are you playing against? Do you know? Oh, God, I haven't looked. I've, no, I've got no idea. <laughs> Doesn't, got no matter. Idea. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. Just, just got to hope that they have less uh, less than uh, 30 points. 
Uh, yeah, I, th- I think my whole season is going to be built on the premise that teams will have to do shitter than me. <laughs> That's a lovely way to go. Phil yeah, Dork, yeah. Super Journalist, thank you very much. Cheers, Alfie. Speak to you soon, mate. journalist and we're back manners yes boss you are our commissioner of our league yep now i've been speaking to some other thank commissioners this bloody task. yeah thank this well so you say so i was interested to know how other commissioners got got treated in their leagues got some tweets here would you yeah. like to hear some tweets from yeah. the other commissioners um, yeah maybe they feel their pain Right, here we go then. We've got at Young W17, also known as Wayne. All right. Okay. Yeah. Tell your commish that he's not alone and that there's always help available when the abuse endured gets too much. And he's also got some more advice for you. Okay. Always stick to your guns. Yeah. And if there are any imminent revolts, make sure you slide into a private chat with a couple of the bigger personalities slash moaners and get them on your side. (laughs) See yourself as the chief whip as well as the commissioner. Yeah. Works a treat. Yeah. Uh, You want some more? Oh, we've got another one. At A. Higgles, also known as Aaron. Aaron. I don't usually get stick, apart from that one time I suggested changing the waiver order. They claimed it would suit me most. Yes, it would have, but that's not the point here. Yeah, how many times have I said that? Yes, it would, but that's not the point. Yeah, Every single rule I've ever tried. The problem is, is that every time you try... Like, I try and open discussion for rules, and I just get shouted down, and everyone's like, oh, fine, oh, it is, or you'll just do... They always think there's some angle, or they can't be bothered to listen. And I've had to endure a week of people moaning about the point system and saying, oh, we should have done a custom point system. And I brought that up at the AGM, and everyone's just shouted and chucked ping-pong balls at me. (laughs) Well, it's funny you talk about that, because uh, the fantasy football chaps at the FF chaps... uh, I ran a referendum to decide if we kept bonus points. A few managers ripped up the ballot papers, <laughs> called it ridiculous, and that obviously the bonus point system should remain. A couple of months later, they returned to complaining when Aspilicueta gets three bonus points every week. And by that, the way, he has Aspilicueta. So, can I just say, I that's that rings so true, Ralph. You uh, did you did I a did ballot, ballot paper at our AGM draft, stroke draft, and. Um, on whether the league should be monetized, i.e. like some sort of monetary uh, reward for winning or um, and also a penalty for losing. And there, so I did a secret ballot for that and most of them were uh, scrawled all over. I mean, admittedly, they had a naked lady on them. I was only trying to get people to fill out the thing, but um, they still scrawled it and showed me no respect. And um, yeah. Can I also say the fantasy football chaps also mentions that he gets moaned at a lot, uh, even when he's on holiday. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Yeah, this man's always on life. holiday. Yeah, living hey, and also life. another tweet at pre Maradona one. That's a good name, isn't it? Yeah. Also and known as Sai the Fancy Guy. Uh, I get told I'm always lucky, and that golden nuggets come out of my backside. <laughs> <laughs> Ring yeah, true. Well, that uh, well, not really. Well, not you were really lucky last season, mate. Come on. No, no. Especially with the bonus points. 
The table doesn't lie, Alfie. <laughs> the table doesn't lie. Hey, I completely agree with that. I'm the commissioner. I'm can we just say one more thing? Thank you for everyone for those tweets or messages, whatever they were. And um, that's the only solace I've had for two years of being a bloody commissioner in this It's thankless task. Sometimes I've hated it. Every time anyone says amusingly on the thread, oh, I vote we get another commissioner, I'm always like, yes, let's do it. Let somebody else do it and I can be horrible to them. And no one ever does. So actually, it's been really nice to hear from Good. those people. Thanks. Good, I'm glad. I'm glad to know there's other commissioners out there because you're a strange bunch. Hey, if you're a commissioner, you want to send Sam some support or uh, you want to tell us your stories or if you hate your own commissioner, do text in or Twitter us at OutDraftFantasyPod. Use the hashtag DFLife or maybe the hashtag Comish. Totally DF up to you. DFLife. Oh, I'm going big. <laughs> it sounds a bit like a Tampax advert though, doesn't it? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, Let's off. move on. Pierre Emerick Abanagnac has the highest expected goals tally, but is yet to register a goal. Ben Davis has the highest expected assist tally, but is yet to register an assist. And Richarlison has way more goals than his expected goals tally. Thank you to Simon Moon for those stats. So, Manners, we've got a new new short feature. Okay. It's called Hashtag Managing. Yeah. Now, this is the chance for us all here about failing managers in respective leagues or bad decisions, right. bad calls, basically. Mm. And it's called Hashtag Managing, which is ironic, of course. Mm. So, at Spanish Turnip, a.k.a. Bread... But my mate up John O'Burt had Pascal Gross third sub this week with no chance of him coming on due to his negative choice of formation. <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it really. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a short feature. Yeah. But obviously, people haven't done it enough. <laughs> I reckon what we should do now, man, is, is our feature the world renowned feature. Who dat man, urger or player? Who dat man, urger or player, player? Who dat man, urger or player, player? I'm a manager or I'm a player. I wrote a book, I got to tell ya. Read all the juicy bits. 12.99 from W.H. Smith. Okay, are we ready? So for those who don't know, who dat manager or player is the feature where manners will read... From an autobiography, story I've had to read out loud. It's an autobiography, either from uh, a retired manager or player, or maybe existing player. Who knows? And I have to guess who it is. So this one has been sent in. There were several managers from our league have been asked to send me books, um, and so yeah, I received them all this week from various different people. So it's been quite, quite fun actually. I get these nice, packages. Yeah. Um, although I always think it's going to be something more exciting than opening. It's an autobiography from a shit. Well, not actually not shit players. But anyway, right, here we go. 
It was a bit much to see people in a restaurant having a go. We were only having a meal. It doesn't bother me, he said. But these Tottenham fans kept going on and on. I said, this is an absolute joke. I noticed there was a fire extinguisher right next to our table. Pull a pin out. I want to sort them out. All right, then. In a split second, the mood was transformed. He pulled the pin and I picked up the fire extinguisher. And as I went to spray it, it was so powerful that it went all over my head. I couldn't get control of it. I sprayed the whole lot everywhere. The pictures were coming off the walls, chairs tipping over. All their pizzas got drenched and everything. I promise you, I soaked them properly. We had paid the bill already, so I put the fire extinguisher back on the stand and we walked out. A couple of the other diners were laughing and said, they deserved that, as we left. Hmm. I mean, automatically sounds like a pleasant character. Um, and the accent you were affecting, was that, is that pertinent? Yeah, so I took out some names in that anecdote because it would have given it away, but I did add the accent. But to be uh, honest, when you're reading this book, to read it in that accent makes more sense. <laughs> I, honestly, I soaked them properly. You can't say that in any other accent. No. Um, honestly, I soaked them properly. I know. Um, so I'm guessing, can I just just put forward a little motion? Oh, yes. Yeah, the fact sorry. that, the fact that uh, you mentioned Spurs fans, yeah. I'm immediately thinking this person is an Arsenal player. Possibly. Go. Turns out the place to go was upstairs for a few pints. I thought, if that's what you do, I will go by the older pro's example. Off we went, five of us, to the bar. Carlsberg sponsored Liverpool and we began to have a drink. A good laugh with the Scousers. Ordinary fans who were enjoying themselves before the game. I didn't think anything of it. I was a bit merry and thought we could just go and watch the game in the director's box. As an unused member of the visiting party, I was looking forward to it. All of a sudden, the door swings open and in marches our assistant manager, Stuart Houston. He looked straight at me. What are you doing? I'm having a few pints. The manager is going crazy. Get yourselves downstairs now. What do you mean? David Hillier has got injured in the warm-up. You are a sub. My jaw dropped. I had a pint in my hand. One of the senior pros who, looked, who I looked up to came out with a classic, telling Stuart Houston, let him finish his pipe for fuck's sake. All the scousers in the bar started laughing. Obviously, I didn't finish my pint. I scarped back down to the dressing room. George Graham's face told me everything I needed to know. He was not happy. I got my kit on. I went to sit on the bench, stinking of alcohol. I drank four pints upstairs. <laughs> I mean, again, like a, a consummate professional. Um, you can't get it too early because I've got some... I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to hear more. Just give me some ideas. I, I, I think... I don't want any reaction from you, but, I mean, the obvious one would be Tony Adams... Yeah, I, I, yeah, let's carry on. Let's carry on. I just want to hear more. It was a brilliant trip, but spoiled on the last night. Naturally, we made it a big one. We knew it had to be back at the hotel to get on the bus for the airport at 8 o'clock in the morning to go home. It must have been about 7 o'clock when we set off from this nightclub, Joe Bananas, in Wang Chai, Hong Kong. A popular area with tourists. I was with Tony and... And we were so drunk, we had no idea where we were going. We took one pathway and accidentally ended up in the Triad Gangster area. It was full of lunatics. We were starving and had picked up some prawn crackers from a street vendor somewhere <laughs> along the line. I don't know why this happened, and I can't explain why I did it. But as we passed a guy looking under the bonnet of his taxi, I threw a load of these crackers in his bonnet. 
<laughs> awful man. <laughs> this, this guy hit his head on the bonnet as he looked up to see who or what caused this commotion. We were all falling about laughing and just carried on walking. The next minute, we've got a load of local people attacking us from all angles. There was another bunch of English guys walking back in the same direction and suddenly everyone was at it. All I did was try and defend myself. Someone, someone went to swing a punch at me and I hit this guy boof. I was still drunk, but when I got to the police van, going to the police station, it started sinking in. I mean, <laughs> what I love about that story <laughs> is that he tries to make out that chucking a load of porn crackers in some poor, broken-down man's car and then getting grief from locals is somehow unbelievable. Well, should we have one more and then I'll have a guess? Our daughters, Tate and Scarlett, were born down south but spent their formative years in Middlesbrough. Tate developed this twang from copying her friends at a nursery and had a proper Teesside accent. We even got some cats. I never had a pet in my life. I turned up one day and Joe brought two little kittens. One of them used to constantly run up and down the curtains, up one side, along the top and back down the other, while I was watching telly. It was a nightmare. I gave that one away to my mate. A few weeks later he said, you know that cat you gave me? Did he used to run up and down your curtains? No, of course not. I think it, he gave it away as well. We kept the other one, who was not so crazy. We're <laughs> <laughs> talking about struggle for content. It's just extraordinary. If you write an autobiography and it's published, and to fill out the story of your life or your career, either of which is significant enough to write an autobiography, why would you ever need to include a story like that? <laughs> about cats. It's just... We had a cat. It was crazy. It used to run up a curtain. I used to have a dog. Sometimes it farted. Yeah. I'll have a guess. Yep. Ray Parler. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Ray Parler's a funny thing because Arsenal fans always bang on as if he's got these fantastic stories. Every time I hear one of his stories, it's just not that good. No. It's always just like, yeah, we went out, right? And this is really serving beer. And I got drunk and I went home. Yeah. I actually, to be honest, I actually like Parler as a player. I quite like watching him play. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was, I said to Ryder, I think he was kind of rangy, had that kind of, he was just, he was quite a Good fun player. player. But um, yeah, I have to say a lot of the story, I think that's the problem because they genuinely were borderline and if not complete alcoholics. And there's nothing that, that alcoholics don't have funny stories about being drunk. It was just, I consumed as much alcohol as humanly possible and then did something despicable. Yeah. They're not that funny. It might be, if you're a 15 year old and you were drunk on cider, that might be a story that you then say in your 20s, this is why I didn't do it. But you know, Paul was doing that at 25. So. No, but he released that information much in older. A, yeah, in a book. But still, it gave us content out for It's It's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Anyway, that's good. So that's two out of two for me now. Yeah. So there we have Romford Pelé, Ray Parler, he likes beer and prawn crackers. Let's talk about the upcoming game week, the fixtures. Do you want to hear the fixtures? Yeah. So Saturday, the 25th of August, we've got Wolves against Man City, Arsenal against West Ham, Bournemouth, Everton, Huddersfield, Cardiff, Southampton, Leicester, Liverpool against Brighton. On Sunday, it's Watford, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Burnley, Newcastle, Chelsea, and on Monday, it's Man United on TV again against Tottenham this That's time. That's tasty because... 
you know, you've got to, you've got to wonder. I mean, personally, I think Man United will sort themselves out, but it but that's be... that's surely going to come around a bit too soon for them, isn't it? That Spurs fixture. Well, it's at home, um, mm. and also, you know, Mourinho, Mourinho's Mourinho because he can he's dealt with adversity before, so we'll have to see how it goes. Until two weeks' time, listeners. Two weeks' time, we are back. And uh, we hope you... We wish you well. We wish yep. you well. Tweet uh, us or message us with tweet anything. Us. And thank you for downloading, if you have. We've seen that there's been actually more than we thought downloaded. And also, you can now do it on iTunes. We should mention that. iTunes as we'll well. send out that link on our But thing. if they're listening... Yeah, well... Oh, yeah, because they've already got us. But still, if you've got someone who might want to listen, but they have no idea how to do it without an Apple device, you can now just send them uh, an iTunes link and they'll be Brilliant. able to get it. And you can ruin their life. Yeah. <laughs> there you 30 go. 30 minutes of drivel. Contact us at Draft Fantasy Pod on Twitter. Hashtag DF Life. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again in two weeks' time. I think that'll be sunny September then. In the meantime, it's goodbye for Manners. Bye. And it's goodbye for me, Alfie. Take care of yourselves and each other. Goodbye. <laughs> The draw of the sea is on the top of 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 the top